Hey everyone, it's Alex, and we are back with our four-part mini-series called Matrescence, which explores the massive transition women undergo as they move into being a new mom in the fourth trimester. And this is episode three, all about mom guilt. So today, influencer and entrepreneur Ami Song sits down once again with our very own parallel panel member and reproductive psychiatrist, Dr. Sarah Oreck, to explore mom guilt, perfectionism, and all those crazy things that take over our minds in those early days. I hope you enjoy the show. So today I'm sitting down with Dr. Sarah Oreg, who's a reproductive psychiatrist, and we're going to be talking about the fourth trimester, aka matrescence, Mm -hmm. which is a new word I heard. Can you briefly, for those who are joining like, yes. and watching this for the first time, explain what matrescence is? Absolutely. It was coined in the 70s by an anthropologist, and it's really to describe the transition to motherhood. And matrescence comes from adolescence because it's a similar sort of bumpy road, change, physical changes, hormonal changes, emotional changes that happen in adolescence, but happen during motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I think that really sort of solidifies how much change actually occurs in this time. I would love to talk about mom guilt Um, as a new mom. And I mean, as a mom, like I feel like everybody goes through mom guilt. Like, can you tell us more about this and how do we like avoid mom guilt? No, this feels pretty universal. So it really feels like um, guilt around sort of expectations or what you might not be doing or doing with your children. I see it for moms that work, moms that don't work, moms that get frustrated with their children, moms that do activities outside of being with their children or even feeling bored while you're with your children. So I think This guilt is really, um, I think, rooted maybe in some perfectionism, some idealization of Mm -hmm. what motherhood or parenthood is, and that somehow something, some small thing that you do is going to sort of irreparably uh, impact your child negatively. Um, So I think it's about softening, having some kindness to yourself, and to also realize that actually you just have to be a good enough parent for your child to be well-adjusted and a good person. Yeah, um, I'm definitely guilty of like perfectionism, <laughs> of mom guilt and perfectionism, especially in motherhood. Yes. I Especially because I was comparing myself, my childhood to like Teo's childhood, how my mom was with me to mm-hmm. like how Teo, how I am with Teo and like the type of mother I want to be. And I have so much mom guilt around it. Sort of like an idealization of how your mom was. Yes. And, or the lack of. Uh Yes. (laughs) Yes. Or wanting to break cycles. Uh Um, And I also, like how I wanted to be different from how my mom was with me. And also the other thing is like me not asking for help. Like I am so bad at asking for help. I don't know if it's the way I was raised, but my partner is exactly the same way. Like this is how bad we are. Like when we, when I was going through contractions, we were supposed to call our doula, but it was 2 a.m. in the morning. So we felt bad to call our doula. So I waited until 5 a.m. when the baby was about to come out. <laughs> like that's how bad we are with like yes. asking for help. Yes. Like both asking us. for what you need mm-hmm. to people who are working for you, right? <laughs> like they're yeah. to help you. 
Um, also, like we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything, like without asking for help. Yes. Can you touch more upon that? Yeah, I mean, I do think that there might be some cultural elements of that, of somehow we're expected to do everything on our own, but we were really part of a community. And I think it's important to especially remember that when we have children, because we simply cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think with perfectionism, sometimes you really do lose out, right? Perfectionism limits us in terms of trying new things or challenging ourselves, um, being open-minded. It can sometimes bring a lot of anxiety. Um, so I think it's important to sort of check the perfectionism and ask, like, how is this serving me? Or who am I doing this with? Who, who am I doing this for? Um, and the real benefits will come from sort of being kind to yourself, knowing that you can simply not do it on your own um, and figuring out how to integrate your community to help. I think the hardest thing for me with that is, especially because I'm so much on social media as a social media personality and like the media that I consume on social media, like I feel like a lot of people don't talk about like the help that they get. And it seems like and I do this a lot. It's a very bad pattern that I have, which is comparing, yes. um, comparison. And I'm like seeing other moms being like super moms, like being so like educated and like, they're like, this is what I do. Like, and I'm constantly comparing myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, is Teo going to be behind? I didn't know I had to do that. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm always comparing myself. I think it's, you know, it's human, right? We sort of always reference what some other person's doing, but I think social media really turns up the volume. I'm so glad that you sort of talk about how you feel it, um, mm -hmm. because I think probably a lot of people feel that when they look at your profile. Uh, but I think it's important. I always think like, who do you imagine is taking that picture of perfect mom? Like clearly there's someone else or, a, yeah. you know, maybe it's a tripod, but you know, I sort of always think like there, there's something else going on behind the scenes, right? Um, these are highlight reels. I think we forget about scrapbooks and photo albums, but we don't, you know, in those back in the eighties and nineties, we didn't put like when we were crying in there, or when we had a hard time. So I think stepping back, remembering that these are highlight reels, these are not the 360 view of someone's life. And also, if it seems to be sort of, you know, uh, really getting to you because you're at a, at a vulnerable place, turn it off. Yeah, right? that's, not, that's a hard choice for you to make because it's literally yeah. your work. But can you sort of maybe mute some accounts I, that I, kind of I'm bring like, things up? I mute people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is yeah. triggering yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it's affecting my mental health. I'm going to mute this person. Yes. Maybe not indefinitely, yeah. but like yeah. just for now. Exactly. Until I'm like right. back in a good place. And, and I love muting because it's sort of just, it's for me. It's not something that's loud or unfollowing yeah. or whatever it is. Um, but it just feels like, you know what, I need a break from this. And I think that is so important or a break completely from social media. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do think that comparison is something that's so common, but social media really has highlighted um, some of the pitfalls with mm -hmm. it. You know, and also with social media, women have higher rates of distress and sort of psychological difficulties with it mm -hmm. uh, in some studies that we've done. So I think this is why it's especially important for women to kind of check out, mute, do whatever they need to do to, to sort of feel well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like a really good, helpful tip too. And people shouldn't really feel guilty about muting people or like, because this is a feeling that all of us go through, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And also there are some sort of helpful accounts, but I think you're right that a lot show sort of the glamorous sides mm -hmm. 
or how someone drunk, you know, I'm always surprised, like three kids on a plane, everyone looks fabulous when they arrive in Paris. Like, how does that actually happen, right? And yeah. I think we're sort of thinking about, well, there's probably some people behind the scenes, right? There's maybe grandparents or nannies. Um, and I, I think it's important to kind of realize that a lot of this is not like the full picture. Yeah. And I think that's why I, I, I became even more vulnerable about being a mom because I was shocked. Which is so, Cause so I, wonderful. I was just like watching my peers, like my other influencer friends become moms. And I'm like, how do you guys do it? You guys made it look so easy. And they're like, no, I was, we were like zombies. I was like, you never talked about that. <laughs> so you yes. never told me how hard it was going to be. They're like, well, we didn't want to scare you. <laughs> Which like, is, right. And for some people it's private, right? Yeah. Or they have difficulty being vulnerable in a public setting. But if it's something that you feel comfortable with, like I know it can be immensely helpful mm -hmm. to others. I mean, I've gotten a lot of support, too, from other moms, which has been actually really amazing. Yes. Like, people are so kind. And I think because moms have gone through what I'm yes. going through currently now, they're always, like, flooding my DMs with, like, really positive encouragement, which has been an upside, actually. That's wonderful. <laughs> and I think that speaks to, like, comparison happens in silence. Mm -hmm. But when we actually engage with those mothers, right, we can get the full story. Yeah. Or actually, oh, my God, don't ever go to Europe with three kids. It's horrible. Like, it's too much. They need to be at least 10. Yeah. Um, you might get the real picture instead of what you your fantasy of what it is or what that photo or video is portraying. So I think what, what you're speaking to is actually community amongst moms can really, um, I think, decrease this comparison mm -hmm. when we're actually just talking and being real. Yeah. Um, so now I want to talk about work and motherhood. <laughs> so I think a lot of like, especially working moms, uh, were confronted with this like new reality, like, okay, am I like going to go back to work? Am I going to be a stay at home mom, which is also insane amount of work, like it takes a really strong woman to be a stay at home mom because I tried it for the first month and I'm like I can't do this this is so hard so like and I, sometimes I think it's hard because we always feel like it's one or the other what are your thoughts on that yeah I, you know and I love that you brought up this sort of binary idea when actually it's so much more flexible than that um, I think the first thing is that even if you decide that you may want to stay at home it doesn't have to be permanent Right. Or you can go back part time for some jobs. That's harder, mm -hmm. of course. Um, and leaving the job market is very difficult. And we saw a lot of women, unfortunately, leaving the workforce in the pandemic already. Um, but I think what I like to think is, is sort of like there's no right or wrong. We actually have studies that indicate that staying at home or sending a child to daycare or working full time for a mom doesn't impact the children psychologically or in their development. So really, what is the choice? The choice is what works for your family, what makes sense financially, and what works for you personally. Mm -hmm. For some people, their work is a great sense of themselves or their identity. And for those people, I say, you know, if that's going to ground you, make you feel happier and joy, that is what's best for your child. So, I mean, there's so much societal pressure, right? Um, and I noticed that, I mean, I don't know, like, do you feel like men feel this pressure? Because I notice with my relationship with Jacopo when he's like 
being like a dad, obviously, <laughs> like feeding tail, I'm like so grateful. But then again, I'm like, why do I have to feel so grateful? Yes. He should be doing this. Yes, there is something <laughs> and it feels really gendered and it's really, in, you know, in cisgendered heterosexual relationships. Yeah. I see it most often where, you know, the little moments that dad is with baby, oh, he's the best. How wonderful. Right. And somehow sort of mom's role feels a little bit more thankless. Yeah. Um, but I definitely noticed that for some men and for some for new fathers, there are certainly pressures and pressures around work may look a little bit different. Um, so for some, there actually may be a, an immense pressure, which again is very gendered about providing and making sure they provide. And so often you see some men sort of digging into work and feeling like they have to go all in because they need to somehow, you know, this idea that they need to provide mm -hmm. um, uh, for their family. But I do think it's so different for every single person. Uh, but generally, you know, I think women in heterosexual relationships are tasked with a lot. And I don't see that juggling is as difficult for men, mm -hmm. right? In some ways, men kind of get to live their life and continue on, right? They're not feeding the child. They're not doing a lot of the things that moms are doing. So in very stereotypical gendered roles, we do see that the pressure is less on men. I think um, we need to change that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, how do you do that? It's sort of a systemic change, but also how do you do it? You can do it in your own relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that there's a lot of work we have to do to kind of equalize or equal partnerships in parenting. Yeah. So for, I mean, for me, I actually feel like I could have these conversations with Jacopo um, and he's really very helpful. Like we really split the responsibilities 50-50. It really feels like a partnership. And I think that's how relationships should work. But I do get some DMs and comments from moms asking like, oh my gosh, like he seems so like helpful. Like how do you, my husband doesn't do this or my partner's mm -hmm. not like that. Like what's a great way to like start this conversation? So it's not always on the mom yeah, or the woman. I, I think they're really, it, it's open dialogue. It can feel very difficult, but you know, I, what I hear most in my practice is like things bubbling over when there's a lot of frustration. Mm -hmm. It's like, why didn't you get the diapers? You know what I mean? So that's not the time to have this conversation, but when you're in a good place, sit down, say, you know, we really need to distribute the roles. Don't forget the invisible load that moms have. When should I order diapers? Where's the formula, right? All of those things yeah. are to-dos. So I like to get really concrete with it. Sit down with your partner, list out everything that you're doing, all of the chores, all of the things for the baby. Don't forget the invisible load, which is, you know, those those orders online, the diapers, the formula, um, and really figure out how are we distributing work? Does this make sense? Um, and again, very open dialogue when things are in a good spot. Again, not when you're as exasperated or very irritable, but like really things are calm, you're having dinner or something, talk it out. Mm -hmm. um, and I really think direct communication is important, but I do think that there needs to be more systemic change. It's yeah. hard for someone to sort of change, you know, gender norms that have existed for so long and, and sort of we're living in that. So I do think, um, again, trying to get concrete and, and expressing what your needs are to your partner. I think that's so important, especially the part where you said do it when everything is good, yes. not not yes. when like things are like falling apart and you're exactly. like you don't no want to be gonna hear anything. No, you don't want to be so reactive. Exactly. Okay, um, so the next thing I wanted to ask you is maternity leave. Like it's such a big topic in our society, and 
not many people, I mean, it's so unfortunate in America, especially not everybody's so lucky to have like an amazing maternity yeah. leave. I didn't, you said you didn't like, um, for me, it wasn't really, it was, yeah, business financial reasons. I couldn't like take six months off or four months off. I took literally one month off before I was like on set working. Yeah. Um, I took one week off before I was answering emails, like work emails. Yes. Um, like how can we give ourselves more space and ask for help or like just all of this? Like how can we approach this? I think this is so hard, um, but I think thoughtfulness and being mindful about what you're doing is important. I think if we carefully make the decisions of, you know what, this email just can't wait. I just, you know, it, it is what it is and sort of accepting that is important, but then figuring out how can I really make the most of the times when I am with my baby, be as present focused, or also maybe decide actually those other two emails, they can wait for a couple of weeks. That's not urgent. Um, so again, I think there's something that comes with motherhood, which you've mentioned, I think, and these are some of the changes that we have in motherhood is that there can be reprioritizing. And, and I, I think that's essential. Um, but again, it's very hard to juggle all these things. And people talk about balance, but I'm not quite sure if that exists. It just means turning your attention sometimes to one thing and then to the other. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like when it comes to like having balance, it's not really like you can't really have balance. It's just something just takes more priority over the exactly, other. Exactly, exactly. And I think with motherhood, those choices maybe become different. So I feel like overall, we learned that every one of us go through mom guilt. <laughs> I think so. Do you have any tips on how we can be kinder to ourselves? Yeah, I think, you know, first of all, we need to challenge that guilt. Where is that coming from? Why is it more mom guilt than dad guilt? Mm -hmm. You know, are these, are we sort of buying into these stereotypes that our society says about what women have to do? I do think, you know, we didn't talk about this, but there's a lot around motherhood and being a martyr and martyrdom. And so I think that there's some connection of sort of this ideal or this idea that we might have to sacrifice everything to be a good mom. But that's actually not the case because we see dads quite frequently doing it, you know, doing all sorts of things. Um, and so I do think let's learn something from our male counterparts in that, you know, we can have a lot of different facets of our life and still be very good moms. So I think question what that guilt is, where is that coming from? Listen, if it's because you're a little bit bored playing with your, your son or daughter, or if you're, you know, swiping through social media while you're with them, that's worth challenging. Like what's going on that you're having difficulty being present. Um, and that can sort of signal other things, right? Our, our distraction from difficult emotions, whatever that may be. But I think with, with guilt, challenge where it's coming from and really try to get present and in the moment. And I think that's a way to be much kinder to ourselves. Wow, I feel like this is like an incredible therapy session for me. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, Dr. Ori, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Parallel Lives. Stay tuned for new episodes and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like today's show, we'd be forever grateful if you take a moment to rate and review us. You can find us online at parallelhealth.com. That's P-E-R-E-L-E-L health.com or on Instagram at Parallel Health. I'm Alex Taylor, and you've been listening to Parallel Lives. Thanks so much for tuning in.
This podcast is brought to you by Parallel. We are a prenatal vitamin and supplement solution that adapts to your changing body's needs throughout your motherhood journey. All of our products offer the highest quality bioavailable ingredients at doctor-recommended doses tailored to each unique phase. Preconception, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, and postpartum and beyond. Because your prenatal vitamin shouldn't be one size fits all. Sign up for our newsletter at ParallelHealth.com to learn more.